Welcome to Stateside F1. I'm Joe Leonardo. Meow. Meow, 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 meow. That man making the sound of, I'm going to say, all the cars pulling into the pits because of the third uh, red flag that has happened in a, a three-hour-plus race in Australia is Andrew Berger. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? Crazy race. We're talking Australia. And today we have a special guest with us. We have Devyani, famous for F1 TikTok, I'd say. She is hilarious and she has great takes uh, and great, um, what's the word? Where you like, um, where you like summarize things? Great summaries of <laughs> Formula One races. <laughs> Follow her on TikTok at Formula underscore Dev. Devyani, thank you for being here. Hello, everyone. A chaotic podcast following a chaotic race. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's start with the, the big horse in the room. Was it? No, not the big horse in the room. Big elephant in the room. Elephant. I like horses. <laughs> it, can be, it can be a horse, a prancing horse for Ferrari. Yeah, it's a. let's talk about the big Ferrari no, horse prancing died. horse in the room. Let's talk Carlos Sainz. We were just watching his post-interview. I want to bring that up. Um, do I feel for the man? I pour out some Alfredo Rigatoni in his honor. Because uh, we've lost a true brother in that guy. I feel like his soul was crushed by the weird decision-making that the FIA decided to just stomp on him uh, for their random restart. Mm. So people, a lot of the online discourse has been, well, this lap didn't count, so why is he getting the penalty? We've been calling, we, um, I'm, I'm terming us as a collective. Um, we've been calling <laughs> it Schrodinger's la- a lap for fun. Um, it's in a but- super position. Of counting and not counting? Yep, exactly. Um, but I did read um, uh, like an explanation. Even though the lap didn't happen, it was still part of the race distance. Um, so if even if you break the rules on a formation lap or anything that's part of the race distance, it's still applicable for the penalty. You can argue that the penalty was too harsh, but a five-second time penalty is the least severe time penalty you can afford. And after... Like everybody was complaining about people not getting penalties during the race and waiting too long for the stewards to make the decision. So I guess there's overcorrection in both ways. Um, But the radio, his radio in the car, heartbreaking. Oh my God. He was crying, right? He was truly crying. He was truly crying. And he was like, you have to talk to them. You please, you have to talk to them. (laughs) He was saying, no, it cannot be. It's unacceptable. They need to wait until the race is finished to speak to me. Please, 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 please. It is too severe. (laughs) Sorry, that's my oh, my heart. My heart. Sounds like um, a Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it really does. And he it's has those sonic. big eyes, too. He has those big, sad Spaniard eyes. And then eyes. he put his, like, cover down. Ugh. I, I feel <laughs> for him, but the way it goes. Honestly, though, I do think if he hadn't gotten a severe penalty, he might have um, had to run away from Fernando Alonso if the order hadn't changed back. Because Fernando, yes. Fernando Alonso... Is a scary, scary man. Sometimes he might be yeah. small, but he's scary. It would we would have seen the second Spanish Inquisition. Yes, but on, on <laughs> I can't believe the Spanish Civil War and the French Peen War of the Baguettes happened on Both the same happened. day. Yes, yes, truly great. Yeah. Uh, one thing I do want to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I obviously ninety percent of the news I get is off a of Formula One Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> but um, so the reason why. Uh, the the restart didn't count and the, the order went back uh, was because they didn't complete the first sector. sector. But the Correct. penalty counted because, it, like you said, it doesn't matter when the penalty happens. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. 
that will still go into effect, right? That's kind of the full explanation in a nutshell. Correct. And I guess because Fernando got to keep his, I, I suspect, I don't know if this is true, but I suspect if Fernando had been knocked out, like his car had shut off and he hadn't been able to go on that final safe lap or on the safety car, the penalty would have been more severe, I think. Because it, mm. they deemed it not a racing incident, right? So if he had been out of the race, removed from the race, it might have been more severe, I think. But either way, you're correct. Yeah. Wow. If that tire didn't explode for Magnuson mm-hmm. um, and the restart didn't happen, I feel like the discussion would have been about George Russell's really bad day. Yeah, that was unfortunate. So yeah. much happened for him. Yeah, I mean, he came on kind of whining on the radio a little too soon for me i think i do get his I do george get, russell under- whining on the radio no but then again like lewis lewis does that too I, they all do that but george russell he just he's so british that it just comes off even more what are they saying what's the word for whining whinging like just keep your lead like that's my problem when they whine about their teammate just do your thing like don't let him overtake you then it's not that hard oh, okay well it's not not that hard but you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, my my whole thing with Russell is them pitting him during what they thought was going to be a safety car. Then a red flag happened. So he lost his spot. That was unlucky. That was just unlucky. And yeah. then him going back out, he was like P7 or P8. I can't remember off the top of my yeah. head. Then his like old school V8 ex- like uh, accident happened where he was shooting flames out the back of his yeah. car. You know, it, it was it was just it's unlucky. Bad day at the office. Char- and Leclerc, Le- Le- though. Oh man, I, f- I, f- I don't know if I feel worse for him or for Carlos, honestly. At least Carlos got to rate. I mean, okay, uh, yeah, but, I feel worse for Leclerc. 100%. But the rest of lap like, one, not to be a Carlos hater or anything, and I'm not, but he his race wasn't that good. I mean, Pierre was an, an Alpine, like an Alpine, really. I don't know. <laughs> Can he, I like, say something? This yeah. is the podcast to hate. This is the podcast for the hottest takes. <laughs> we don't hold back here. Ninety percent of all of our predictions are somewhat wrong. This yeah. is where we just Fair emotionally enough. respond. So, Fair and enough. I agree with you hundred percent. I have a, I'm a hundred percent on your side. Like Pierre was my driver of the day for Australia. The fact that Checo got driver of the day. Tell me if I'm going off topic, but that infuriated me. It took him twenty laps to get ahead of a McLaren. Like, come sure. on, how is he your driver of the day? I get that he started from the pit lane, but still, he's in a Red Bull. Yeah, that's the thing. Because yeah. we're comparing it, to, we, we just saw Max do something similar. So we're like, oh, Red Bulls can do anything. We're like, oh yeah, Max Verstappen's an extremely talented driver, right? So I, I did think his overtaking reel, like his highlight reel, was awesome to watch. And so I, I give it to him. Um, it was mm-hmm. a very exciting race for him. So I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll allow the king to keep his crown. Yeah. I'll allow Tom Cruise to have his Oscar. Does does he have one? No, he doesn't. No. <laughs> God no. I'm sure Scientology um, made him some sort of like instead of Oscar, it's called like a I don't know, Dave, a Miscavige. Here's your <laughs> <laughs> Here's your Miscavige. Oh my god. Don't bring up Shelly. Here's your Miscavige. I saw him at a Scientology, uh, like a, I saw a video of him at a Scientology like award ceremony. Were you watching or an attendant? I, I thought I thought you were. Att- I was like, I saw him at. I was like, what oh, are you doing? Oh yeah, I'm were a Scientologist, guys. No, nice. <laughs> he like it was. 
it was like he like he was like so it'd be weird if you're a scientologist because you talk about being kosher all the time and i'm like i think oh Scientology, yeah man they don't the care. week of eating cardboard is beginning wednesday i can't wait yeah a couple days passover uh, um, you know but tell us about miscavige and how creepy he is oh yeah because like they brought him up to the um to the stage and he like saluted the guy like who was just like the whole thing it was like he's he was saluting the guy who was running the show but it was like he was saluting like he was like saluting the united states of america it was just so enthusiastic and weird yeah <laughs> it's a very american religion it's a very west coast american religion anyways i digress and i know i've taken us way off topic (laughs) should we return to the war of the baguettes all right let's fly back down under (laughs) talk about the war of the baguettes with uh alpine i'm surprised it took them this long um like everybody has been hyping up their rivalry and their past and their childhoods all through the winter break and it took them three races uh but then again this wasn't anything that dramatic like okay it was carnage but like it wasn't a racing incident for sure because Pierre was, he was off and then he was trying to rejoin the track slower than everyone else. And he just, if you look at his onboards, he just didn't turn his head right enough to see that Esteban was there because he had a bunch of people everywhere else that he was looking. So it was like a genuine mistake and it sucks for him because he was doing so well the whole rest of the race. But yeah. their radio reactions, like Esteban, once he hit the wall, he was so calm. It was terrifying. He was like, that's it. And then he started picking up his like front wing and the debris and putting it back in his car. It was really funny. I heard something like they went and they both accepted a little a little bit of blame and that's why no penalties were dished out. Yeah. So basically Pierre was summoned to the stewards. Um, and then because Espan was the other party, he was too. And my joke was that I'm sure Otmar were like hung a bonus in front of Esteban's face and was like, don't you dare say that it was his fault. <laughs> and then on the plane back, they posted a, like a video of both of them doing the little race recap. And I can just imagine like the admin or Otmar standing there like looking at them. Anyway. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I always wonder because I, I watch all those like I'm a sucker for all those little social media stuff they do. Like there was mm-hmm. one of was it Max and barbecue? Checo? No, I didn't see the barbecue one. I saw I saw uh, clips from it and then people turned it into memes. Mm-hmm. But I, I saw the one Red Bull did of like Daniel, Max and Checo doing the, the water. Yeah. thing, And then them like I don't give a crap and then just kind of messing with it. And I kind of see Daniel being like. What the mm-hmm. hell? <laughs> like he was having fun, but it just felt like they don't care to do those social media things. They just want to drive. I mean, Max definitely doesn't. He's he's his hate for marketing is very public. Sure, he's yeah. better though. I think Checo too. Checo doesn't want to play games like he's on Ellen. The guy wants to drive. <laughs> like Ellen. we're not here playing, you know, beer pong with Jimmy Fallon. We're here trying to win races. But yeah, I get it. Like yeah. you know, like a team like McLaren Social. I feel like they make the best videos. There's our there there is our fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. It also it also depends on like the chemistry between the drivers because post drive to survive like a lot of people don't become fans of drivers because of their pure driving skill because so many of them are in back markers like how are they going to have fans it's not just based on their driving ability it's based on their like likability and that's where marketing comes in where like McLaren has I mean McLaren did a whole rebrand like after Lewis left and after Jensen and Fernando left is where their um, rebrand really started. And they kind of started catering to a very different 
audience than McLaren. Like McLaren used to be really strict. You couldn't enter the MTC unless you were in a suit and tie, at least for guys. Like, and now like Lando's wearing sweatshirts and joggers. Like it's, their culture has totally changed. And now they're very catered towards like a Gen Z younger audience, which, and I think they're probably the first F1 team to do that. Is that when they started doing the cartoon? No, the cartoon has been around for a long time. The cartoon, um, the first season of the cartoon was um, Lewis Hamilton's last season at McLaren, so 2012. Oh, which Jensen. is hilarious. Which is hilarious in the last episode of that season because they put um, Lewis in like this weird generator thing, and then Checo comes out. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's really good because he comes out and he says "Ola," and then Jensen's like, "That doesn't look like Lewis." <laughs> good observation, my friend. I, I saw there was an April Fool's joke of uh, Lewis potentially retiring and someone said there was a DHL order for all seven of Lewis's championship winning cars. I sent that to you, Joe. I was very concerned. There were so many. Yeah, I mean, sure, it's an April Fool's joke, but there is some truth to it. At some point, he's got to retire. But I feel like the resurgence of Fernando Alonso, <laughs> the, the, I don't know, just their relationship has to keep Lewis from going, I can't retire while Fernando's doing so well. You know what I mean? Like, I can't leave while he's getting so many podiums. I have to stick around. There was a joke. So everyone was talking about how this podium was like 11 world championships. And that's, I think that's the highest podium that's ever been in terms of championships. But there's a joke wow. going around. This is like Lewis Hamilton's psychological warfare victims. <laughs> and all you, need to add is, all you need to add is Nico Rosberg to the mix and you'd have the like trifecta. Oh, man. Nico, I don't know how anyone could be a fan of Nico Rosberg. I love Nico Rosberg. <laughs> you mean popular YouTuber Nico Rosberg? Monaco-based YouTuber Nico Rosberg. <laughs> I know way too much about Nico Rosberg, like way too much information. Like not like weird stuff, <laughs> like just generally his <laughs> career and like his childhood and his dad, all of it. It's very it's all very interesting. I could write a thesis. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Joe Leonardo here. And this is Andrew Berger. Along with being the hosts of Stateside F1, Andrew and I are audio engineers with thousands of hours of podcast experience. Between the both of us, we've worked with a wide variety of companies from Google to Discovery as editors, mixers, sound designers, and even social media managers. If it's a companion podcast for a TV show or just a hobby among friends, we can help you with your podcast. Feel free to reach out to us at statesidef1 at gmail.com. What's like the interesting parts about his upbringing? Um, So basically his dad, KK Rosberg, was the first Finnish uh, world champion. And so his mom is German and his dad is Finnish. And Nico can speak five languages, by the way. So he's always he's always been a really interesting PR person, especially when he was at um, Mercedes. But basically, when his dad was raising him, he purposefully didn't teach him Finnish. And he was raised in Monaco. Um, Like a lot of the other drivers used to tease or bully him about not being German enough, specifically Michael Schumacher. He also was a victim of Michael Schumacher's um, mind games, which funny stories, but he looks traumatized. Um, (laughs) His whole like childhood best friendship with Lewis. That's a very interesting narrative as they went from like friends to teammates to enemies. Like that whole narrative is interesting. Also people used to say that Nico was really bad for formula one because he was too boring and too invested in his own fitness 
and like wasn't like a macho Formula One dude. So they used to say mm. that he's driving fans away from Formula One. These are like real articles that have been written. Um, so he's just a very interesting character. And the fact that he retired like while he was on top, like it didn't allow Lewis to beat him again. He like he won in the end, kind of, even though Lewis yeah. has now so many more at that time, like he had beaten Lewis and that's a big deal. Anyway. He's yeah. a great commentator. Over. He's a great commentator. I love like listening to him speak on the uh, uh, before races and stuff. It's he's Do a great you like personality. Him or Jensen better as a commentator. Jensen's definitely a more likable person for me. Um, so I think the big thing with me, I also prefer Jensen as a commentator, at least during the race. But a lot of it is because the Sky F one team is. They are like the Sky Sports team is a British team. They're all British. And sometimes like when Nico's speaking to them, things get lost in translation. Whereas Jensen and Crofty's banter is so funny. Like even free, they make free practice so entertaining. At least this weekend, they were talking about the food stalls and there was like the Australian GP food stalls have really weird names. Like there was one called Schnitty Schnitty Bang Bang that sold schnitzels. And like the Indian restaurant was called Two Fat Indians, Two Fat Indian Men or something. I don't know. And like oh just, their, just their banter is interesting enough to listen to whereas that chemistry doesn't always translate when nico's around but his insight is still really interesting i feel I, like i feel like jensen's very quippy I, I maybe that's just another way of saying what you said but there was yeah <laughs> there was something you said that made me laugh during one of the red flags where he goes well you know uh this is going to take some time so you can walk away from your tv make some tea just leave us <laughs> on in the background we'll make some noise and you can come back and it was just like it was so funny the way he said it and i was just <laughs> like he sounds very like upper class Britishman. Like he a, is, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was just a very like I don't know, like a J like a not James like I was very suave, James Bondy kind of like mm, you know, comment. step away from your TV, you know, oh, you don't need to wa- like you don't need to watch us basically. It was just Yeah. I don't know. Where Nico, I feel like Nico is like very YouTube y. He has like a very He's a walking per- meme. Yeah, he's, he's a, a meme. Yeah, he's a, like personality. Yeah. He's a thumbnail. You asked about which one I prefer, prefer. as a commentator. Jensen. I would prefer Jensen yeah. as a commentator because I enjoy casual conversation, mm-hmm. but I also enjoy chaos. <laughs> so, which Nico, Nico yeah. is the personification of chaos, truly. Exactly. So I, my heart is torn, but I would lean yeah. towards Jensen. If yeah. I had to pick one, that would be a commentary. Jensen is also good, especially now with the resurgence of Fernando, because he can speak so well both on Fernando and Lewis because he's been teammates with both of them and sure. competed heavily against them in their like first prime, if you will. So his stories, like I don't know if you heard about what, what do you think about Fernando when you could see Fernando like um, wheeling the tires during the red flag. What was that about? I, I I had to walk away from my TV very quick and I came back and I saw him like he was like working crew and I was like, what is happening? Yeah, He's part of the team. And Jensen's comment was like, Oh, he, so Crofty said, Oh, look at Fernando. He's such a man of the people, like helping the mechanics, helping the crew. And Jensen's like, yeah, it's cause he's doing well when he's on a team that's not doing so well. That's at the back. You're not going to find him doing any of that stuff, which is probably true. But. Oh. Yeah, all, all the nice stuff he's saying about stroll feels like, what, like, is this man's going to throw an insult? Like I, it's almost like when someone compliments you and then insults you right after, but the like mm. the insult hasn't come yet, so I'm still like waiting reverse, for him. Reverse psychology or something. <laughs> exactly. Or he's friends with Lauren Stroll, so he knows he's got to be nice to his kid. True, true. But Stroll is also performing. Yeah, oh, 100 percent. I'm wearing a Lance driver. Stroll jersey right now. Yeah. Oh, no nice. Worries. Yeah. Okay. Well, is, I actually, I actually didn't mean to get it. I meant to get the Seb one last year. Um, 
that that was a, uh, a clerical error. But now I can rep <laughs> it because I've been a Lance fan since like the U.S. Grand Prix last year. I'm on the bandwagon now, so it works. He's kind of like falling away from the I'm the rich kid. Like he, it's because he's he's actually performing. He's less of uh, the standout. I'm the rich kid. My daddy bought me a Formula One team. After Latifi, he's kind of the last of the paid seats. Yeah. But the thing is, okay, here's the thing with Lance. There should be a good conversation about what actually equals a pay driver because nowadays, if if you look at it in a broader sense, most of the drivers are pay drivers in terms of that teams will work with them because they are bringing certain sponsorships to them, especially with lower funded teams. And obviously it lands as his literal dad, so that's different. But his junior career is pretty impressive too. And he's the, sec- he's the second youngest podium sitter. Like he's got some accolades to his name and people like, like he gets hated on for breathing, especially on his social media. Like especially, he gets like. We've done a number on Lance Stroll here. I know. Which <laughs> is been very like, harsh. Okay, but you're like <laughs> the comments and on his Instagram posts are like truly unhinged, bad. Sure. Like, Unlucky like not like making yeah. fun of him, but like dangerous sometimes, almost. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's but unfair. his junior career is nothing. Like he was with Prema. Um, he did great in F three. Like he. He has a salt, like, yes, his father bought his seat. And, but the thing is that you need money to make it through motorsports. Like going from the junior category, it's like what $7 million to run from um, F3 into F1 or something like that. Um, Mm, So you need money and some people have rich parents and like also karting isn't cheap. So accessibility to karting, yes, it's going to be rich people that gravitate towards it. Yes, they should be more accessible, but. I'm also not like batting for rich people. I don't mean to. <laughs> I think that was another. <laughs> exactly. I want to go karting. It looks so much fun. That was another uh, Jensen comment. I think it was Jensen or it could have been Joylene Palmer where he was like kind of talking about Daniel Ricardo. He's like, oh, you know, I feel bad for him. Then he just kind of went. Actually, I don't feel bad for him because he's a millionaire and he's making so much money doing nothing. So I'm not going to sit here and just feel bad for millionaires. And I forgot who he was talking to. And they were just kind of like, okay. And they switched subjects. What, Palmer said that? I think it was Palmer. He's probably salty because he didn't, he wasn't able to stick in F1. He was just, was he one season in 2016? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, uh, this is uh, someone I wanted to bring up. Nico Rosenberg. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, not Nico Rosenberg. <laughs> Rosenberg. <laughs> Nico Hulkenberg. He's coming to my Seder, Joe. <laughs> I made him Jewish. Um, and Haas and everything that's yes. going on between, you know, with Magnuson. And I, I thought it was going to be a lot closer between them, but Nico's just been taking off. And right now he sits ninth. He's the same amount of points standing. as Charles Leclerc in the yes. championship. I mean, two DNFs, but still. Max is uh, uh, Max last year. Charles is. What I was going to say was. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. What I was going to say was Charles is sitting where Max was in 2022, correct? So mm-hmm. all hope isn't lost. Hope is probably lost, but we could say all hope isn't lost. That yeah, said, I mean, that was I'm a side a, tangent. Yeah. But Nico yeah, yeah. and uh, Mag uh, Magnuson and Haas, it's interesting to see that dynamic. And I thought it was going to be a lot closer between those two cars, but Nico's killing it. 
Yeah. That's it. I'm I'm not a Nico fan, so I won't speak too much about this. Oh, but, so that means you must yeah. speak about it. Oh, I want to hear I, I want to hear a hot take. It's not a hot take. It's like it's been said enough. I, I think I, okay, I am glad he didn't get a podium. I'm glad their protest didn't work and that he didn't get a podium because I would have to take back a lot of things I've said on the internet <laughs> if he got a podium because he has the longest amount of races without having a podium. So I, I I'm glad he didn't get that for my own personal branding purposes. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, he's never really impressed me. I, I guess, sure, there's a lot of luck in motorsport and he never got the opportunity to go to like a top tier team. And maybe he would have if he had won Brazil 2012, as he probably should have before he crashed out. Um, if he had been a race winner, things might be different, but he's not. So um, I think his time's come to an end. He's had chances. I'm a I'm a, a big fan of like get the new guy in here. Let's see let's see like what F two champion should have his seat. But you know, he is doing well for Haas and Haas wants someone more experienced and older, so I get it. Just not a fan. Mm. That's fair. Do you think they should have kept Mick or do you think they should have gotten someone else? Again, a Mick fan. But actually I'm very glad Mick has gone from Haas because Haas is terrible at developing talent. They always have been. Gunter Steiner is more of a caricature Netflix character. And I'm not saying he's not sure. talented. He did work at Red Bull. He's, he's, got, he's obviously there for a reason, but that team is not meant to develop talent, especially because they are so short on other resources. They do need somebody consistent who is able to drive a not so good car and outperform it and extract the results they need. Like every point counts for Haas. So I understand why they didn't want Mick, but as a track record, Mick needs a year to two years to, um, like adapt to a series like in F2 he's an F3 and F2 champion and he spent two years in each of those series so he does need more time and also like if you just look at how Alfa Romeo treated Joe Guanyu or like comparing how rookies need to be developed unless they're like a Max Verstappen like some maybe race I'm not saying Mick is like a racing prodigy who's going to be like a seven-time world champion or anything but I think he's talented and I think he deserves a seat but I'm glad he's not at Haas because it can be a dumpster fire sometimes. They should throw Mick to um, Audi. Are, are they still coming in? Or uh, I know. Yeah. Por- All right. So Porsche bowed out. Mm-hmm. Basically, so Audi is definitely coming in in 2026, and they have a partnership with Sauber. And Al- this is Alfa Romeo's last year as a title sponsor. So, assuming nothing changes after this year, 24 and 25, they'll run as Sauber F1 team as they used to, and then 26 they'll be Audi. Hmm. So what, so what do you think is going to happen? Do you, do you think Mick's going to go over to Audi? So that was the conjecture for most people because um, typically when new teams enter Formula One, if they're not British, they tend to try to take drivers who are of that same nationality. Like Mercedes took Schumacher and Rosberg, German drivers for a German team, like some kind of new to sport, more market, marketability, more sponsors that way. Um, so I do think that's a possibility for Mick. Um, I the thing is that, so Valtteri has a contract until 25, so right before Audi take over. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know, how, like, just like how you, I don't think Yuki is going to keep his seat because of the Honda connection to um, to Alpha Tauri. I don't know how long Joe is going to keep his seat at Alpha Romeo. Um, I, I think he's talented, but sometimes the sponsorship stuff takes over. And considering that nothing super impressive has been achieved although they have been doing sure. well for their status i don't know if he's going to keep his seat unless china has something to say about it well yeah exactly 
Thank you for listening to Stateside F1. Please like, comment, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your sweet, sweet podcast content. Follow us on Instagram at Stateside F1 and TikTok at Stateside F1 Podcast. Big thank you to our guest today, Devyani. Follow her on TikTok at Formula underscore Dev. I'm telling you, fantastic TikTok. Watch it. Great summaries. It's a word that you use when you're trying to say it summarizes things. Follow her. Uh, did I say this? I don't remember. Feel free to message us, DM us, memes, comments, questions, suggestions, etc. We will respond and follow you back. See you all next week. Bye. Bye.